Hello, my name is Sue Ditta, and this is the Electric City Culture Cast. Every other week, the Electric City Culture Cast takes you inside Peterborough's arts, culture, and heritage scene, simply one of the most vibrant anywhere in the province. Our magazine format features interviews with rising stars and emerging artists. We take you behind the scenes at a wide range of arts and culture organizations in the downtown community and on the Trent campus. We delve into the issues that people are talking about, bring you up to date on the latest news, reviews, and happenings, and provide you with information and advice on what to see and how to advance your own arts practice. We broadcast every other week on Trent Radio, and all of our shows will be available as podcasts. My name is Eva Fisher. I'm EC3's program coordinator. Thank you to Jack Betta from the Kawartha Youth Orchestra for our intro music. My name is Eva Fisher. I'm the program coordinator for the Electric City Culture Council. And as always, I'd like to say a big thank you to Jack Betta of the Kawartha Youth Orchestra for our theme music. Today, Sue's speaking with B. Quarry from the Peterborough Theatre Guild and Paul Plant from the St. James Players. These two organizations have a deep history in Peterborough, and it's of note that both of them are completely volunteer-run. But before we begin, B. Quarry has a trivia question for you. Trivia question for Theatre Guild. Anybody who knows the Theatre Guild knows there's a ghost there. Who's the ghost that resides in the Peterborough Theatre Guild? We'll have the answer for you after the interview. Now here's B. Quarry and Sue Ditta in conversation. My name is Sue Ditta, and this is the Electric City Culture Cast. For the next couple of episodes, we're going to be discovering the world of theatre here in Peterborough. Everything from Theatre Trent to the Theatre on King. And today, with our special guest, B. Quarry, everything you ever wanted to know about the Peterborough Theatre Guild. B, thanks so much for coming in. It's absolutely delightful to have you in the studio today. Thank you. My pleasure. I know that theatre guilds have played an absolutely critical role in developing the infrastructure of theatre in Canada, going way, way, way back, um, particularly before 1967, when in the centennial year we saw a lot of investment in building theatres in different cities across the country. But theatre guilds have been really crucial in making live theatre possible in communities all across the country. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of theatre guilds? Well, there were a lot of community theatres, if you like, or church basement theatres active in the Peterborough region and, and within the city itself, and they didn't seem to have uh, a central place or one location in which they could meet. And I think there was some very interesting um, coming together of very similar needs when the Peterborough Theatre Guild was founded. Uh, Robertson Davies and his wife Brenda were critical in the founding of the Peterborough Theatre Guild and they managed to gather around them a number of folks who decided that the burnt out church on Rogers Street might make a perfect location for uh, this kind of activity and so they amalgamated their forces and started uh, you know canvassing the area and, and managed to get some support and that's how the Theatre Guild was founded. So that's in East City. East City, Peterborough. And it's been there for 51 years, which always stuns some people when they go, oh, oh I, I didn't know it was there. And how many seats in the theater? 
There are 232 seats. Some of them have been removed from the original 234 just to make uh, it accessible. We have wheelchair access now in the building, so that's it's a nice size theater and it's perfect for acoustics. Uh, it is uh, all in house. There's everything from workshops to workshop space. There are two studio spaces at the back of the theater which allow for the size of the stage in either uh, Studio uh, B or the Gwen Brown studio upstairs which is hardwood floored so that you can do a lot of choreography up there. And in Studio B, because it's a basement uh, level, uh, it has the ability to house the incoming production so they can build the set right there in situ. And this means a big, big um, step forward for people when you're producing nine plays a year. So you have a staging area for the play that's coming up. That's right. And rehearsal space. Yes. Wardrobe and costume space. Absolutely. And props and uh, furnishings and you name it, the Guild has it. Uh, terrific workshop area for painting and constructing sets. So as I say, everything is in-house. And do you have a, any idea of how many theater guilds there are across the country? Goodness me. I know only from having adjudicated in all the different regions in Ontario that uh, Western Ontario, I believe, has the largest number of community theatres, and it can vary from 48 to 52 community theatres. Almost every city uh, above 30,000 has a theatre guild, and even some villages and tiny little hamlets will, you know, uh, have a, a company, a group. A group of community-based players? Yes. And how do they operate? Are they charitable organizations? Do they make a profit? How Most of them are non-profit because everything is done on a volunteer basis. Okay. And, you know, sometimes they have phenomenal skill levels. um, And it fluctuates like every organization. They go through a cycle. But a lot of these little places can produce some pretty dynamic work. Well, I was lucky enough to do some work with you and the other folks at the Theatre Guild this past year. And one of the impressive things was the age range, um, uh, not only in terms of the age of the people that are playing, but the um, fact that the Theatre Guild seems to welcome people who are brand new to theatre, as well as people who've been doing theatre for a long time. Mm-hmm. If uh, if this last uh, two weeks ago we had a workshop on set painting, and uh, we hired a gentleman from Stratford to come up and show us techniques. And it was really fascinating because there were 14 people signed up to the max. And uh, there were people who had never been in the Theatre Guild who were new to Peterborough. There were people who had been at the Theatre Guild for 40 years plus. And this conflagration, what do you want to call it, coming together of all these forces produced an extraordinary dialogue amongst the participants and the workshop leader about techniques, about what's what, what's hot, what's what are the big companies doing, what are we doing as community theaters, what, did he see a pattern? And it was interesting when he said, you know, North America is the only place where you'll find people still constructing box sets. <laughs> So it's a great place to strut your stuff on stage, to learn skills around set design, painting, costume, makeup. How about playwriting? 
This is an area in which what we have been doing, uh, last year I started a series of play readings, and because it was our sesquicentennial last year, we tried to get as many Canadian plays and as many home-written plays as was possible, and that way we were able to shine the limelight on writers but it's an area we're exploring and we're thinking of doing some kind of a festival at the theater guild promoting writers as well as other participants but mostly the focus would be on writing fantastic so there's some original creation going on as well as doing some reps um, pieces Mm -hmm. yes how do I join the Theatre Guild and how do I become an actor or a director in the Theatre Guild? Well, you can always catch us on our website, theaterguild.org, and uh, find the information about who you need to contact. You can buy a membership. You can buy a working membership. is $20. Um, you can buy a series of tickets to the plays. Uh, we do generally five plays plus a musical plus a children's play plus a one-act play. Wow, that is a big annual playbill. Well done. <laughs> I know there's a, a board of directors that mm-hmm. worries in, about the overall governance of the organization. They manage the finances. There are committees that manage the facilities. But how do you go about choosing what plays will go on? There is a committee called the Play Selection Committee, and it consists of anywhere from, depending on the year, six to eight people. And they are charged with the challenge of finding a selection of different genres, um, interviewing the potential directors, and then out of that choosing the roster of plays for the following year. And we try to be as, uh, what's the word, um, we try to represent as many different genres as possible, and some of the the more challenging plays that uh, probably would not be seen as uh, proper for community theaters. By that I mean uh, there's a perception out there, particularly I think in Peterborough that I've been picking up over the last few years, is that we're the old timers, we're the old folks theater. And so mm-hmm. we don't do theater that upsets anyone or might have language issues and so on. And, uh, you know, it's not true. We don't pick plays in order to provoke people. But I believe that the business of arts is to provoke thought, to provoke some kind of reaction, because there's nothing worse than no reaction at all. And so we try to give as wide uh, a a challenge, a collection Mm -hmm. of plays as we possibly can find. And we always throw in a couple of plays that are particular in January. The play right now at the Theatre Guild is called Vanya, Sonia, and Masha and Spike, which um, is a comedy, and uh, it's good to be able to laugh in the middle of January, let's face it. We need that. Yep, it's pretty bleak out there I saw the play you directed, Drowning Girls, earlier this year, and it was, well, first of all, congratulations, it was beautifully done, but that was a very challenging work in the best sense of the word. Thank you. And you had great response to it. Yes, it was interesting. Uh, We decided to have, uh, this is something else that I started last year, was to have an uh, an answer and question and answer period after the production if people wanted to stay and ask us questions as to, you know, what what did you mean by this or why did you choose this play or (laughs) what was that about? Um, And it was very interesting because we learn a lot more about our audience and we often learn a lot more about how we could do things better or how we didn't clarify something or how something worked. So we didn't know it would good work. Good training for the directors and the producers. Absolutely, and, yeah. Um, 
Tell me about ticket prices. Actually, you know, we have package prices available for people. And if they go on the website, they can find out all kinds of things. There's a, a full-length place, for example, are usually $20. Uh, senior discount, 18 and students are $11. So um, platinum membership, for example, for $117 for a single person, you get all the plays. Plus the musical. I think that's a fabulous deal. That's about the best deal in town. I think so. And we have been trying to hold our prices down so that it is affordable. And what we're finding is that our membership in the last five years is changing drastically as more and more people move into Peterborough who are in the retirement age bracket. Um, we have a lot more volunteers in that age bracket as well at the Theatre Guild, as well as the audience members. So It's an, it's an exciting period because some of those retired folks actually have training in their early years in theatre and now they're having an opportunity to exercise mm-hmm. it. And we're the beneficiaries of that. Mm-hmm. Be one of the really interesting things about community-based theater and about theater guilds is the the work that happens and the development that happens through the festivals and the competition that takes place at the festivals. I know that you've adjudicated um, a number of them. Tell us a little bit about what these festivals are and how they work. Well, the the province is sort of set up into regions. We're in the eastern region called Eastern Ontario Drama League. And I've adjudicated in all the different regions, plus I've adjudicated what is the sort of all-Ontario festival or the Theatre Ontario Festival at the end of a season. And it's fascinating because you get to see what are the current concerns, what are the current things that people are are looking at, not just in terms of thematic approach, but also in terms of challenges. How do they face those challenges in the north, what they call Quanta, in the Quebec, northern Ontario region, where you have a bilingual um, number of community theatres. And so the challenges there are different, obviously, to respond to those needs. And I think, I mean, primarily the whole thing was set up so that we would be able to see what other people are doing, how they're doing it, how they're resolving the problems. Because really, basically, community theater in many ways is overcoming all the problems that are in front of you so for the, any one production. The different companies come together and get to see each other's work. That's right, yeah. That's, so exposure is the biggest part of it. That's okay. the, the biggest benefit. That's there are awards, and we live in a competitive society, and everybody understands winners, losers, but... <laughs> But in essence, um, you know, the declaration is then made as to who has the best production, who is the best actor, actress, uh, best set designer, and so on. And uh, it's a way of um, acknowledging, I think, the kind of skill and encouraging them to do their best. And certainly I have seen some excellent, excellent community Productions. And has the Theatre Guild ever won any awards? Oh, yes, lots and lots. Um, it continues to win year after year. Um, and B, yes. speaking of awards, yes, you won an award last year, a very important civic award. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. It was quite a surprise. And that was for Outstanding Volunteer? Yes, I think it was for my theatre commitment in the community. I've been active in so many different ways in both professional community and educational theater so um, it was a very nice way of acknowledging the years put in Um, as I say it was a total surprise well I know for those of us in the arts we were happy for you and felt it was such a well-deserved award and we were also really thrilled to see someone who works in the arts community um, 
receive that kind of distinction. I think it said a lot about the entire community. Tell us how you first got involved in theatre. Well, I came to Canada at the tender age of almost 12 and uh, <laughs> didn't speak any English. Oh, my gosh. From and, where? Uh, from Hungary. Mm-hmm. After the revolution there, we escaped through minefields and uh, eventually landed up coming to Canada and eventually landed up living in Guelph, Ontario. And there, a lady took me under her wing and coached me, and she was a RADA graduate from London, England, mm-hmm. and uh, was very, very RADA is? RADA, Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts one of the biggest training centers for English-speaking actors. And so she put me in a play, and um, I learned everything phonetically, and I won an award, and I had no idea (laughs) what I had said. So (laughs) that kind of clinched it for me. If I can do that without being able to speak the language, this is a good place for me to be. And did you have formal training in theater? Yes, I did. Did Yeah, eventually I landed up... um, I did a what is called a combined honors um, degree in visual art and drama at University of Guelph. Mm-hmm. And then I joined a rep company and I apprenticed at Stratford. And then I went to study in England and then I came back here and kept studying and studying and studying. And then I taught. And I know you've worked with Marie Schaefer. Yes. Yes, uh, quite a, an outstanding, amazing talent and uh, very inspirational so Marie, Person. as many of our listeners will know, does very large-scale, spectacular, often outdoor pieces that combine theatre and music and opera. And Bees directed a number of those and been uh, a leading force in his company at certain periods in time. Bee, we're running out of time and we have to wrap up. <laughs> can I ask you to uh, let our listeners know one more time where can they go for information about the Theatre Guild? Theaterguild.org is the uh, website for the Peterborough Theatre Guild. Um, you can also go under Peterborough Theatre Guild and find out information about it. Uh, join our Facebook page and uh, get information that way. And there are phone numbers listed there that can be called, and you can get in touch with people backstage. Or you can always email me, quarry at gmail.com and uh, get in touch with me and I'll make sure I put you in touch with the people you want to talk to. Personalized service for theatre lovers in Peterborough. B. Quarry, thank you so much for coming in and being with us today. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, Sue. Thank you to B and thank you to the Peterborough Theatre Guild for bringing volunteers together to make such fantastic theatre in our community. And now for the answer to B's trivia question. I'll play it again as a reminder. Trivia question for Theatre Guild. Anybody who knows the Theatre Guild knows there's a ghost there. Who's the ghost that resides in the Peterborough Theatre Guild? And the answer is Chappie. Chappie used to be our caretaker at the Theatre Guild for many, many years. He, he was a First World War veteran. His last name was Chapman. I only knew his, him as Chappie. But people have said they have spotted him walking around the Theatre Guild making sure everything is okay. And thanks to Chappie as well. Next up, we have a conversation between Sue Ditta and Paul Plant of the St. James Players. But first, Paul has a trivia question. St. James Players produced and performed the world premiere of a musical that was written by Robert Ainsworth and music by Paul Croak. What was the name of that production? And as a hint, the title means cheers. My name is Sue Ditta, and this is the Electric City Culture Cast. And 
If you've been listening recently, you'll know that we're doing a deep dive into the theatre community in Peterborough over the next few shows and the last couple of shows. And one of the things that makes theatre in Peterborough great is the incredible blend of professional theatre and amateur theatre and the way musicians, actors, playwrights, set directors and visual artists all come together to put on fantastic live theatre. And I'm delighted to welcome to the studio today Mr. Paul Plant, one of my favorite people on the planet, who's been involved with the St. James Players for low how many years, Paul? Uh, (laughs) I honestly can't remember uh, how many years, but it's been uh, my... It was start, started when my daughters were little, so it's, uh, you know, they're 27, 28, you know, so, uh, you know, it's been a long time. A long time you've been involved yes. with this group. So St. James Players, does it draw its name from the church? Yes. Uh, the, it actually started uh, as, a, as, a, as a way of getting the church community sort of involved at the church, just the, just the local uh, church community, the members of the church. Uh, and they started having, you know, little shows in the in the church, and it sort of expanded from there uh, until they started doing shows that uh, they started going to bigger theaters like uh, Adam Scott and uh, St. Peter's, the old St. Peter's uh, <coughs> theater there, and uh, other theaters around community. And, and it's a United Church. Yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, so it. It's kind of spread from there, and then they started doing uh, just the kids show as well, which sort of uh, when they when they expanded the adult show to sort of being more outside of the church, they started the the kids show to have a some place for them to show off as well. <laughs> Perfect. So um, I'm just trying to picture this. I'm picturing the church hall and people want to build a sense of community there and building community through the arts. They decide to do some work in theater. Is it all volunteers? Uh, yes, uh, certainly the board and all the people who are in the plays are volunteers. Uh, we do give our orchestra an honorarium, but uh, other nice. than that, it's, it's, it's all volunteer. And your orchestra has some pretty outstanding musicians. We have been very fortunate to have some very talented people in this community. <laughs> and who would they be? The Hiscox brothers are often well, involved, right? Yes, they often are. Uh, certainly they're usually the musical directors, that kind of thing, yes. So you have a group of volunteers. Is there a bo- is it an incorporation, non-for-profit? Or? Yes, we're a non- non-for-profit uh, organization. Uh, we're certainly connected with the church uh, and part of the church uh, community. Uh, and it's really an, an extension of the church into the community. But anybody can be in the place? Anybody can be in the plays. I mean, if, if church members come forward, uh, certainly they get a, a slight preference in terms mm-hmm. of that they would probably get a role in the, in the chorus or something like that, <laughs> if, if unless they were, you know, very talented and then they would be, you know, whatever role they wanted or they uh, could get. Uh, so, so that's kind of how the auditions work anyway. So every year, how many productions do you put on? We put on two productions okay. a year. Um, and that may be expanding in the future, where the board is still talking about that. So we do a kids' show in the spring, sort of in April, uh, and then we do a fall show in November. And am I right that it's usually a musical? It's always a musical. Okay, so yes. it's a musical <laughs> theater company. Yes. And how do you pick the plays? Well, um, we encourage directors to come forward to the board with ideas of what they would like to do and uh, they present their their idea and their supporting roles in terms of 
you know, set builders and, and set designers and lighting and all those costumes and all those kinds of things. So they will come with a plan and mm -hmm. then the board will hear what they have to say and either say, sure, let's do it or not, right? And do you have some permanent space and facilities at the church? Fortunately, that's the that's the real wonderful thing is that the church has a lot of space and we take up a fair bit of it. <laughs> uh, so we have all our costumes there and and you know small props and things like that. Fantastic. So just tell me a little bit about about your role there. Um, I know you're on the board, but can you tell us what you do on the board and a little bit about what you've done in the plays? Well, I'm on the board, and that's to basically being part of all the decision-making and that kind of thing. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> I honestly don't feel I do very much, to be honest. But uh, I certainly help out backstage or mm -hmm. if they need help building sets and painting and those kinds of things because those are always often positions that are hard for some of the directors to find. Uh, so St. James has a, a sort of a tradition of supporting the board members and, and other people involved will sort of support whatever uh, play we're doing in, in whatever way can, we can. So, so everybody it, pitches in? That's right. Makes costumes? Uh, yeah, we have some people who actually make costumes, but we have an awful lot of costumes, and then sometimes we borrow from other community partners like uh, Fourth Line and, and uh, the Theatre Guild. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Uh, yeah. So people so. cooperate back and forth between theatre groups. Yeah. And what's coming up this season? Well, in the spring, we have Peter Pan. Uh, that's the, the, primarily it's the kids' production, but there's some adults in it as well because there's some adult roles there. Uh, and that's at the church. Uh, we have some wonderful members of the church who years ago built a stage and it sort of collapses into small pieces. It's just remarkable how it works. but it Really versatile. Yes. So, so when's that going to be? That's April the... I'm just remembering the dates here. He's grabbing his paper. He's putting on his glasses. <laughs> it's Well, we have a school production. We now are starting to do a school production. And so we're doing that on the 26th of April. Okay. And the uh, 27th and the 28th is the is the run of the show. And we have uh, a matinee on the, on, the, uh, on the Saturday. And that'll be in the church? Yes. Okay. And about how many people are involved in that production? I, I really don't know, but I would say at least 30 to 35. Wow. And so people rehearse? For about how long before a play like that? Well, rehearsals have, have usually start um, after our fall production. So okay. usually right just, just before Christmas, they're starting, and then they go right up until until uh, April, of course. Yeah. Okay. And then the fall production, is it more an adult play usually? It's, it's a bigger play, so we usually have it at show place. Right. How many nights do you usually run? Uh, <clears throat> well, it's usually over two weekends. Wow. Okay. So it's it's like the the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, usually then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And have you picked the play for fall twenty eighteen? Fall twenty eighteen is uh, I think it's an absolute hilarious uh, musical Shrek. Oh, one of my favorites. And it's it's a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. Great variety of music. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very funny, too. <laughs> so if I want to find out more about the St. James Players, how to get involved or where to buy tickets, where would I look? Well, we have a website. Uh, there's a spot there if you're interested in volunteering or, or uh, when it gets closer to... Um, 
when the show is on, you can actually buy tickets online as well. Okay, great. And I know your wife, Karen, is still involved? She is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's, uh, she used to be very heavily involved as uh, you know, stage manager and director of some of the plays, uh, but she stepped back a little bit now and is, is on the board and is just in a supporting role. And is there a new generation of people stepping up? There are. Isn't that which wonderful? Is, it is. Great. <laughs> yes, we have uh, a, a great board at the moment. So. so you can see the work of the St. James Players at Showplace um, in the fall and at the St. James United Church in the spring for the kids' production. Um, if you want more information, you're going to go to stjamesplayers.com. And um, I just want to say to thank you to Paul Plant and all the folks involved in St. James Players for their outstanding volunteer efforts to present great musicals to the community and to help train young people in musical theatre and build an awareness and enthusiasm for it. And a special thanks for coming into the studio today. You're welcome. Thank you, Paul. And now for the answer to your trivia question. St. James Players produced and performed the world premiere of a musical that was written by Robert Ainsworth and music by Paul Croak. What was the name of that production? And as a hint, the title means cheers. And the answer of our trivia question is Slancha. And that's all for this week's episode of the Electric City Culture Cast. My name is Sue Ditta, and I'm the executive director of EC3. That's the Electric City Culture Council. We broadcast every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. through the facilities of Trent Radio at 92.7 on your FM dial. The Electric City Culture Council is supported by a number of organizations, and we'd like to say thanks for the generous support from the City of Peterborough, the Ontario Trillium Foundation, the Ontario Arts Council, and Canadian Heritage. We'd also like to thank our board of directors and volunteers and the great people at Trent Radio who made this broadcast possible.